This morning, we're going to continue our series on marriage and family. And I want to talk about parenting. And we're going to be looking in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. So if you have your Bible, your smartphone, would you turn there with me? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Most of you know that my dad, he passed away about a week and a half ago. And uh, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about parenting. My dad and my mom, I think they're the two people who have influenced my life the most. And a lot of it was by his example. If you look at me, I am just a younger version of my father. My dad taught me how to use the bathroom, how many squares of toilet paper to use, taught me how to take a bath, how to dress myself. When I got older, he taught me how to shave. We would watch him, and my sister was trying to shave because we would watch him, my younger sister, and she actually cut her face. And so he took the blade out, and he let her shave. He taught her how to shave. She doesn't need to, though. <laughs> My dad was a strict man. And I think to compound it, I was a real rascal. So I used to get plenty spankings. But everything he did, he did in love. He taught me how to drive at 15, and I got my license. I actually worked during the summer when I was 15 years old, and I wanted to buy a car. I had three older brothers who all knew how to drive, but I wanted my own car. So he never told me, but my mom told me that he had said to her that he was so proud of me that I was working at such a young age, and I actually was digging ditches at 15. And I would come home covered in red dirt. And I would, sh I would shower, and the water would run off, and it's all red. And that spoke to me. She said, he was so proud of you, that you were working so hard, and I never complained. And that's because I watched what he did, his work ethic. He was never late to anything. I would say, Dad, I give you a ride to the airport. And he'd be sitting outside of his house an hour before. I told him I would come pick him up. So I'm exactly like that. I am never late to anything because he taught me that it was disrespectful to people if you're late. You have to respect their time. So I'm kind of weird that way. If I tell you let's meet at 10, I'll wait to 10.05 and I'll hop in my car and I'll leave. Because it's like, well, I guess you're not coming. And you might come 
at 10.06, but I'm not going to be there. And I won't turn around and come back. My dad, he taught me how to play baseball. I was never good at sports. And I think that disappointed my father. Because even if I was beating you at something, I would see the other player getting scolding by their coaches or by their parents. And that would bother me. So I would actually let them win and beat me. Because didn't, I didn't care if I won or I lost. I just didn't want anyone to be upset. My father, I thought he had so much wisdom. And growing up as a young man, I would always think that if I could just have half of the wisdom that my father had, I would be okay in this life. I would go to him and ask him so many things and he would have the answer. We grew up in the church. My parents have been going to the same church for 60 years. So my whole life, I have been going to church. We were never late to church. I remember they would send us to church camps. At one of the camps, I think I was probably in middle school, they said, well, if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to hell. And that scared me. So I accepted Jesus, but that was it. No follow-up. You know, the one thing as I reflect on my dad's life, is I never saw my dad read the Bible. I never saw my dad pray. I never heard my dad talk about God or Jesus. So when I grew up, I went away to the mainland to college. I went to a military junior college in New Mexico. And I stopped going to church. When I came back home to go to the University of Hawaii, I didn't feel it was necessary to go to church because to me, I didn't think God was that important to my mom and dad. So it wasn't important to me. I had a difficult time as an adult. I got married at 27. We had a son, an infant son that passed away when I was 29. I didn't know how to handle that. Neither did my ex-wife. We had a daughter, maybe a little over a year later. And just the friction of, I don't know how to do this relationship. And then I got divorced. And I felt like a complete failure. But it was after my divorce when my daughter, she was seven. My ex-wife started going to church and she said, Matt, you have to go to church because I have found something. So I went to church and I actually discovered that Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. They told me to read my Bible, and I did. I got in a Bible study. I felt like I was in a family. 
And I found out that the wisdom that my father possessed was the wisdom of God. But he never talked about it. I used to go to church like all the time. They had three services. I was at church at three services. And I remember I used to have my daughter every other weekend from Friday evening to Sunday evening. I would take her home. And I was always worried. Would I be her real dad? Would I have an effect on her for two days out of 14? And I remember arguing with her mom once we were divorced. And I was just filled with rage. And I don't know if you have ever shouted so loud that I couldn't actually hear anything. I couldn't hear what I was saying. I was shouting that loud. And my daughter was sitting there. It was a Friday night. And I was super cranked up. But I had started going to church. And what I read was that if you just seek me, I'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. So after I had slammed the phone, I started to pray quietly. And then I was okay. I was calm. And my daughter actually asked me right after, Dad, what were you doing after you talked to Mom? And I was able to share that I was out of control by yelling at your mom like that. That I actually was talking to God and he brought a calm spirit on me. I learned how to play the guitar because my daughter loved to sing worship songs. And as a young child, she didn't care that I couldn't sing. She didn't care that I could barely play the guitar. I would like, strum and we would sing. And then I would look at the chord book and strum and we would sing. And that's how we praised God. Everything I learned about God, I talked to her about it. I told her that there was a hope that in this life, it seemed so long but the important thing is Jesus. And that you have to know him because he promises everlasting life. And this verse stuck out to me because I knew my dad was going to die. I didn't know when. And it seemed so sudden. And my family is mourning and it's a, it's a tough thing to take. And I really felt like God was saying, do you really trust me? Do you trust that your dad is absent from his body, but he's in my presence? Do you trust that God has a mansion and my dad has a room in that mansion? Do you trust that he is in no more pain no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more sickness. And I said, I do. 
My daughter and I, we actually gave a sermon here two years ago, and we talked about training up children in the way of the Lord. And she had shared about me, my wife, and her mom, the effect we had. And I want to see if you guys can listen to this. Parents are like farmers. You are the cultivators of your children's hearts. You have the important job of tending them, but God is the one who makes their faith grow. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 to 7, and this is Paul talking here, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. You know, being raised in the church made a huge difference in my life. Being raised in a Christian school, I learned so much. I have a foundation of biblical knowledge that I have always appreciated. But that isn't what made the biggest difference in my life. What really mattered to me was seeing my parents' example of what it means to live godly lives. My dad is so humble. He'll tell you that he's not the perfect parent, and I know he's not because nobody is perfect, but to me, I think he is so close. When I look at him, I have always seen what I want to be. I look at him and I see what it means to live a good life, to be a good person. And his faith is so central to his identity, he builds his life around it. And so I look at that and I think, if I want to be the kind of person, I should build my life around Jesus too. And it's not just my dad. I see it in my stepmom, who I'm not related to, but who has always loved me and been there for me and has been such a friend. We're family, even if we're not related by blood. And in my biological mom, who has sacrificed so much for me in order to give me a life that was good. I'm confident that the best gift you could ever give your children is an example to follow footsteps to follow in, a compass so when they get lost, they can look at you and think, that's what I want to be. I don't have any advice for you, really. I don't feel qualified to give advice, but to any of the kids and the youth in the audience, I just want to say, be braver than I was. Bring your honest questions to your family and to people you trust. Trust that they will love you and help you. And I invite anyone who feels like they might be a mistake to go back to the Bible for truth, that you aren't what you might think you are or what the world tells you that you are, that you are what God says you are, that you were made in his image, that he has a plan for you, and that you are deeply loved and never alone. I am so comforted by the fact that everything is in God's hands. God loves your children more than you ever could, and he wants the best for them. I'm proof that you can do all the right things, and your children might still turn away from God. 
but I am also proof that they can come back and that God will never give up on your children. If you're alive and breathing, you're somebody's child. And God said through Jesus, you can become his child. And this is what I want to say to you as a child of God. That he says in Psalms 127 verse 3, that children are a heritage from God. That you are a reward. Imagine that. You're God's reward. Our children are watching us. Maybe you don't have kids. In Hawaii, you're somebody's auntie or uncle or grandma or grandpa. And it's by the example that we live is what is going to have the greatest effect on our children. Can we truly trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding? Things may look like they're going sideways, but God is always in control. In all your ways, submit to him, and he would make your path straight. God showed his great love for us by sending his son Jesus right here to earth to die on a cross to take our sin. He rose again three days later. I think Jesus would ask this morning, do you love me? And if you do, take care of my sheep. And he would ask again, do you love me? And he would tell you, feed my sheep. A lot of times we can profess our love to God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit. But it's almost like we take them for granted. And I see this every Sunday, that we will never, ever take our kids late to school. We'll never show up in the fourth inning of a baseball game. Church is the only place you can come 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes late and the pastor will hug you and tell you, I am so glad to see you. And our kids, our nieces, our nephews, they're watching us. And if what we're professing with our mouth doesn't match up with what we're actually doing in our lives, they'll see that. It's never too late to change, to be the example that God would want us to be. To put footsteps that our children can follow in. To be the compass that when things go sideways, our children know 
to trust in the Lord with all their hearts. And I see it in all of you. I know you all. And imagine what a heritage we would leave if we did that. We say we love God, we love Jesus, but it doesn't look like it in our worship. Would you all stand and join me in this song? Everything changes today, right here, right now. Four boys and one daughter. My dad would always tell us, don't cry, because men don't cry. So I never cried until I started coming to church. <laughs> now I'm a basket case. I hear a song, I'm crying. I go to the movies, I'm, and it's not even a chick flick. I'm just like, but I think I'm feeling the presence of God. Last week, there's a family that comes to our church. And so I'm looking out the little window, and I see their child squatting, crying. Because to him, that door is a prison. <laughs> but yet, dad opens the door, and I said, hey, Caleb. And he runs as fast as he can, and he jumps up on me, and he just hugs me like I am the best thing. And I tell you, that is one of the highlights of my week. He will not let me go for, I say, like two minutes. And I believe that's a picture of how God wants us to be with him. Whether things are bad or they're going sideways, when it looks like you're going to prison, he wants us to run to him and grab onto him. And maybe your dad died like mine recently. But I think God would say to you, trust in me with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to me, and I will make your path straight. Jesus loves you so much. Would you bow your heads and pray with me?